What is true worship? We'll set out to answer that question today on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Hey, great to be back with you. This is Abounding Grace, and Pastor Ed Taylor is in the Gospel of John right now. We'll join him in chapter 4 and verse 21 in just a second. Whether we realize it or not, we all worship someone or something. Question is, who or what is it? And is it true worship? We'll delve into that shortly, but Pastor Ed will also point out that worship goes far beyond the songs we sing our entire life is designed to worship God. Take your Bibles, would you open them to John's Gospel, chapter 4. John's Gospel, chapter 4. We're studying through the Gospel of John, and we're pausing here in chapter 4. As we finished off with verse 26 last time, we're, we're pausing here to t- touch on the topic of worship. Because at the end of John's Gospel here, beginning in verse 21. You know, Jesus, it says in verse 4, had to go through Samaria. Why? Because he had an appointment with this woman. She would probably be the only woman at the well in the middle of the day. She's the only woman mentioned in this chapter. And Jesus had an appointment with her. Remember Samaria being that place that was forsaken by the Jews, being that place that was avoided by the Jews, being the place where there was a great need of salvation and love, but the religious rulers of the day purposely avoided Samaria, but not so with God in human flesh. He did not purposely avoid Samaria. He did not purposely avoid the people that needed him the most. He went to the outcast. He went to ones that were despised. He's still doing that today. And in the conversation that he had with this woman, he shares with her about living water, about what it means to come into a a deep, abiding, personal relationship with him personally, individually, being brought into the family of God, having a water where you won't need any other source of refreshment or satisfaction any longer. But then the topic changes at at the end where the woman says in verse 19, I perceive you're a prophet. She can see that there's something special about Jesus. And and then she talks about religious things. I believe what was on her mind. She says, our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And with that, Jesus just deals with that directly. And he says, hey, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you'll neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Notice, I love this phrase. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Jesus says in that moment that the hour has come, that those that worship God will worship him in spirit and in truth. And then he says, hey, look, the Father is seeking, and Jesus coming to Samaria is the Father seeking her out to worship in spirit and in truth. God is looking for that even now among us. 
He's looking for us. He's looking among us, those of us that would worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, I believe this is a broad word to describe adoration and appreciation and respect and honor ascribed to God, this worship. We'll spend some time talking about worship in song, which I think is a part of worship. But I believe this is a broader, he's looking for believers, he's looking for followers, he's looking for those that are willing to worship him in spirit and in truth, completely wholeheartedly. And he says in verse 24, God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And I was thinking about this, this is another must that we could add. Remember we went through the must in chapter 3, we can add one in chapter 4. Now those that are, that are believers, followers of Jesus, must worship. True worship is spirit and in truth. Did you know that you were created to worship? That is built in to you. God made you to worship. You and I are designed to worship. That's why if today your worship is not toward the one true living God, if you are not a worshiper of God, you are a worshiper of someone or something else. There is something filling that void in your life of which you were created to do. You have to worship something. You will worship someone. Our natural tendency is to respond the way we were created, and that's to worship. Now, have you noticed, because we use the word worship to describe worship in song, and it becomes such a big stumbling block in people's lives, worshiping in song. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have a, you're in a place where worshiping to music and singing songs to God as a form of worship is a stumbling block to you. Now, that isn't the only way... I, Turn over to Hebrews chapter 13. Let me show you that worshiping in song is not the exclusivity of worship. Although it gets a lot of our time and attention, and it will today, it's not just, well, worshiping in song is not just worship. Let me show you what I mean. Hebrews chapter 13, pick up with me. It's all the way back in the back. Pick up with me in verse 15. Verse 15, Hebrews 13. Worship is not just in song, but there are other things. Really, you could say that your entire life is designed to worship God. Now pick up with me in verse 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So it's not just song. There's doing good, there is sharing, there is serving. There's so much that is worshipful and sacrificial toward God. And yet, the biggest stumbling block when it comes to worship is music. Now, I do believe that there is, there is a trend. There are a few trends I want to touch on today when it comes to worshiping in song within the congregation because they're very important for us to recognize. And, and the first one is, I don't know if you've noticed, if you, if you watch through and you see these things, if you're paying attention to them and you're looking for them, you'll notice that there is an emphasis on worship today that is more outward than inward. I find that the emphasis today is more outward on the art form of worship in song than the inward heart form of worship 
in song, in singing. So that there's an emphasis on how it sounds and what songs do we choose. And, and, and so much so that some are being, well, during worship, instead of worshiping, there is a, an air of complaining and an air of, ah, you know, I don't like that. And, and here, here's something I've seen just recently in the last few years. I mean, I've been paying attention to it a lot more closely now in the last 15 years that I've had the privilege of overseeing a congregation and pastoring. So I pay very close attention to it. I don't know that I caught it so much uh, in the early days of walking with the Lord, but I see it a lot now. And, and one of the things that is really going against us now is for those of you that are like into reality TV, if you've watched some of the shows that are music-based, they've messed you up. You know, American Idol and The Voice. And, and now all of a sudden you're an expert on everything to do with music. And so you might come today and go, you know, I don't know, I don't know about that, that song today. It was pretty pitchy. You don't even know what pitchy means. You just picked it up. It's like, well, maybe I mean, some of you are very musically inclined. But for the most part, uh, you know, pitchy. Come on, you're at a worship service. And yet, we've been trained to now instead of enjoying we've become armchair critics. And so sometimes people might walk out and go, you know, I'll give, I didn't like that song today. Really? You didn't like that song? No, I didn't like it. I think we could have chosen another song. Or that instrument was out of tune. I don't know, could it be because the string broke? But I don't know, you know, still, things happen. And then maybe even to the extreme where, you know, what do you think, honey? I give worship uh, 6.5 today. I don't know, honey. I give it a 6.0. You know, I don't, what are we talking about? We're talking about a time where it was designed to draw us into the presence of God and we're caught up in all the mechanics of it. What a dangerous place to be. Jesus is looking for people to worship in spirit and in truth. He's not, he, he's not looking for, for among us the criticisms and the concerns and complaints. Now, don't get me wrong here in the sense that there is a distinct difference between offering feedback and offering input and offering suggestions. That's not what I'm talking about. That happens in the family. And of course, we're open to that. Of course, we're open to dialogue. But to be critical and be upset in a time that was designed to really minister to your heart, you have to ask yourself, where's your heart? You know, in our time of worship, it's not about the band that's on stage or the worship leader or the people that are serving. You know, it's not the band that's on stage. It's God that's on stage. And I wonder if that kind of attitude is in your heart, that if God was then measuring, you go, well, hey, Michael, what do you think about that person? Uh, he just gave worship a 6.5. How do you grade their heart? Well, I think I'll give them a zero. He's like, oh, I'm leaving church so empty. I'm leaving this worship service so empty. Why? Because it's easy to be so critical. The, the reality of our time together is, well, let me, give you another, let me give you another emphasis that greatly concerns me as a pastor, and that's simply this. The worship service has become, you know, because there's a barrier that goes on in every church. Every single church faces this, and that is to stir up a congregation in love and good works and see them engage in singing. You know, not everybody wants to sing, and not everybody's in a good mood to sing, and, and not everybody thinks singing is cool. So there is a need to stir up and go, no, this is a great way to express yourself unto God, and we want to teach you and train you how to do it. But because there's a difficulty in every church... 
there's a new trend going on that's been happening in the last few years, and that is, you know what? We will just change that music's time of service. Instead of really trying to engage everyone in worshiping in song, we will place instead, some churches say, an emphasis upon entertainment rather than interactive worship. So they'll crank the volume real, real high, and they'll just perform for about 15 or 20 minutes. And whether anyone's engaging in worship or not, or anyone's singing, it's, it's secondary to the fact that, hey, we're just going to be here, and here you'll be entertained. That's, that's their motive. That's their desire. And, and that seems to have caught on, unfortunately, in many, many, many churches today. And they'll just do away with all of this and go, hey, we'll just make it sound really good. Not only that, not only that, but the emphasis is entertainment has also changed the mindset of the leadership so that it is not uncommon today, greatly unfortunate, but it's not uncommon today for a congregation leadership that has an emphasis on entertainment within their music ministry to hire, literally hire, unbelievers that are very, very talented with music to lead in the entertainment portion of the service. And what a tragedy that when you come, you come to worship and you want to draw near. Now, again, for sake of clarity, what I'm not suggesting is that those that are serving in the worship team are not gifted in that area or that they don't practice. As a matter of fact, your worship ministry, the servants here that are volunteering and their time to serve us with the gifts and talents that God has given to them practice quite a bit and spend a lot of time devoting themselves to increasing and improving. And yet, our time here is not for entertainment purposes. Our, our time here isn't for you to be entertained for 15 minutes, for the pastor then to come up for another 15 minutes, and then you can go on your way. Our time here is to worship God. That's what the word means, worship. It means, if you're, for those of you taking notes, the English word means to respect, to honor, and to ascribe worth to. That's what the word worship means. And when we do that, whether it's in song or in Bible study, I mean, because you walk into a worship service like this and you go, well, what, what, what are we doing? Well, we're worshiping God in a variety of different ways. We're ascribing worth and value and we are giving ourselves wholly over to focusing on who God is and what he has to say to us and where we are with him. You know, we, you, you come into a time like this, and we do call these worship services. We do. I mean, if you go on our website, or you might see service times, or on a bulletin, you might see worship service. And, and we have times where we gather together globally as a church, a, a local body of believers known as Calvary Chapel Aurora. And we gather together at least four times a week. We're able to get together as a large group. We have Saturday night service. We have two services here on Sunday for the time being. We also have Wednesday service. And we can gather together and, and sing together and study the Bible together and serve together. And my responsibility, according to the Bible, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That, that to equip you for service. To, to, and Pastor Ian and those that would lead us in worship, their responsibility is to pray for you and then use their gifts and talents to draw you into a worshipful experience with the Lord. But I realize that there are times when you come in here and you don't want to sing. I realize that. I know that there are times, I mean, maybe you're just like you're not a singer, period. You just don't, you don't sing here, you don't sing there, you don't sing in the shower, you just don't sing. That's not your deal. I, I get that. I understand. I, I know that sometimes you walk in here with a heavy heart. 
And, and you're here, but, but you know, you're just, not, you're just not into it today. You just, it's just not on your heart. It's not, it, I mean, you'll come and you'll be here and, and you'll sit through a Bible study and you'll sit through the music, but, you know, the greeting time and all that, but you're just not, it's just not, you're just not there right now. You've got heavy heart. You've got heavy issues in your heart. I mean, I, I, can, I can totally relate to that. I know there have been times when I've come here to a service and I'm just sitting there and I, I don't feel like singing. I, I, I don't feel like expressing my love for God. And as a matter of fact, I'm kind of a little more self-focused in that time than I am focused on the Lord. So there I am sitting there focusing on myself. And I remember one time in particular, I don't remember the song now, but I remember reading the words. I wasn't singing, but I was reading the words and I'm, I'm just like telling the Lord, I don't, I don't like those words. Now, I wasn't saying I don't like the song. I, just, I don't like those words. It was something about being broken. Or, and I'm like, Lord, I just don't want to be broken anymore. I don't, I don't want to sing that. And I believe the Lord is like, oh, it's okay, son. It's okay. I'm with you. And you're still going to be broken, so just deal with it. No, I just, <laughs> it's not the way it is. But I get it. I get it. Because sometimes when you're just, you're just like, man, you're going through it, and maybe you're arguing with the lyrics, or you know, we're re- singing about the sovereignty of God, or... Um, I think the phrase, I'm trying to think, I've been trying to think about what the song is. I think the phrase in the song is like, we ask God to break us. I think that's what it was. If you're just coming out of your mouth, like, break me. I'm like, what did I say? What did I, didn't, I take it back. I take it back. I, don't break me. But in the same time, that's exactly where the, the Lord desires us, that humble and broken, contrite spirit, of course. But when you don't want to sing, you're, you're still in a place where, oh, you know what? There's something about a lot of people getting together singing to the Lord. There's just something special and powerful that ministers to the heart because music is a powerful tool to be used for good. Music delivers the message to the memory. Did you know that? It delivers the message to the spirit because when you and I are worshiping in spirit and in truth, Jesus said in John's gospel, God is spirit so that true worship is spirit to spirit. It transcends even the words that we're singing where we're connected with the Lord in that time, in that space. Like right now in Bible study, part of your worshiping in spirit and in truth is when the Holy Spirit just takes a truth and it comes right to you. And you go, whoa, whoa, what's that all about? You're worshiping in spirit right now because God is speaking to your spirit directly from his word personally and powerfully. But you know, there are those times where you're in the, you know, you're in the company of believers and it's just such a joyful thing. It's such a wonderful thing to worship, to ascribe honor and glory. It's beautiful to hear other people sing. I don't know about you, but there's just times when I'm standing or I'm sitting here singing, and then I hear, like, to my right, someone's beautiful voice. And you're just like, whoa. I mean, there'll be times where at the end I say, you, your voice is, you, you should really consider um, serving on the worship team because that is an incredible voice. I, I'd rather, I'd, I'll just give up singing just to listen to you because there's a sweetness in your voice. Have you ever experienced that? You're just like, wow. And there are other times when you're, when you're standing there and you're listening to the voice on the left and you're going, um, uh, uh, is Pastor Ed standing next to me or what? Because his voice is bad. <laughs> And, and there we are getting all judgmental again on voices. And, and uh, I, remember, I remember a time in, the, in California when uh, I, we used to sit in the same area of the sanctuary, my wife and I and kids. And, and we would always greet and kind of meet the people in our section. And John and his wife always sat behind us. And John was kind of an older guy that uh, was very opinionated. And, and he didn't like to sing. And he was just there with his wife. And, and so he would, he would just sit back there. And, and he would very vocally say, I don't want to sing. I don't like to sing. And he, we would have those discussions. And 
and kind of make a joke out of it. And then one day, we were worshiping in song, and, and John behind me was whistling. He's whistling to the song. And I remember in my mind thinking, man, John, stop whistling. That's pretty annoying. You know, I love you, Lord. John, you're annoying. I love you, Lord. And I'm like, I'm like just stop whistling. And it was like the Lord spoke to my heart in that instant. And he said, Ed, Ed, you're, you're being judgmental. You're being critical. That man is whistling to me. Leave him alone. And I'm like, wow, God. Even in the midst of a time where I'm supposed to be drawing near, I'm, I'm upset and all mad at this guy that's whistling. And you know what? If you want to whistle to the Lord, whistle your heart out. Sing unto the Lord. I mean, there are times even in the worship experience, a time here where, you know, when the worship team is worshiping, there'll be times when they're so caught up in worship that they actually forget that you're here. They're just worshiping with you. And they're caught up, their eyes are closed, their hands are lifted. And and that's often a time when mistakes are made. That's often a time when mistakes are made and maybe there's a missed word in a song or they miss a chord or and 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 then that that's also kind of a temptation for people well you know what's what kind of worship team do we have they missed a word or they they missed this what are they listen listen if your eyes are closed and your hands are lifted you'd never notice it because you're so caught up in the things of god and 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 how could i wonder if the lord's been speaking to you about being critical about about being in a place where you're missing out on a very key time in your life to worship and sing, to ascribe worth and honor. Now, the Old Testament is written in the Hebrew, the New Testament, and a little bit in the Aramaic. The New Testament is written into the Greek, and there's a Greek word for worship. It's proskuneo. It literally means to kiss toward. And so not only do we ascribe worth and value when we're worshiping, but we also add from the Greek, the richness of the Greek language, this closeness and intimacy. You know, you get the idea from this word of, it's a term of endearment. It's a term that describes closeness, to kiss toward, to kiss toward in humility, to, to ascribe worth and value in an intimate way. Uh, that's really true Christian worship. Because we use the word worship in a lot of different ways. It's not just a religious word, you know. It, it's, you may find sometimes people are described as, you know, she worships money. Ah, worships money or he worships his career or they worship their family or any host of other things and you know what we mean by that what you're describing is a person that places a high value you know that guy worships his car how do you know because he parks it in three different parking spaces as far away as any you know that guy just like he's really into his car right now and he wants to make sure nobody gets near it he's got the kind of alarm that not when you touch it but when you're five feet from it, it's a stay away from my car you know that's like okay okay we get it you love your car you worship you could even say you place a high value on your car your truck and other things other than God. But only proskuneo truly belongs to God, where you're worshiping in a way, ascribing value, worth, and honor in a loving way to a God that loves you. You know, you were created for this. And with that, we draw today's Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor to a close. We've been in the Gospel of John today. If you joined us late, or would just like to give this a second listen, go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. And have you had a chance to download our app? 
This is another great way to take in the teaching of God's Word and download it for free today by searching for Calvary Church or Ed Taylor. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. Even just a quick hello telling us the station you listen to means a lot. Maybe you didn't realize it, but Pastor Ed reads them. So let us know how we can pray for you, too. You can email us through the website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. And please remember that Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. We look to the Lord for provision. When you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Pastor Ed Taylor's book, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. Now, this is a must-read for anyone who has a heavy heart or is greatly discouraged. It's a collection of truthful reminders of God's help for your troubled heart. While we all share stories of pain, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves refusing to accept and receive the healing that Jesus readily gives. Join Pastor Ed as he steps into our pain and shows us how to live a life full of faith, even as we go through painful trials. To order a copy today, call 877-30-GRACE. We ask for a donation of $25 or more. That's 877-30-GRACE. And be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from the book of John. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.